0: to chumbology a chumbawamba anthology podcast on this podcast we are digging song by song album by album through the discography of one of the most overlooked bands of all time chumbawamba and today we are taking a look not just at a song but at a whole album the album jesus h christ This was, as we have mentioned multiple times on the show, the album that was supposed to be released instead of Shush, that is made up almost entirely of samples and riffs of other popular songs that Chumbawamba ultimately had to can because of copyright law. It has made its way onto YouTube in its entirety, Mm -hmm. and due to some sleuthing that Dan just found out, it did get a bootleg vinyl release.
1: Yeah. So I'm not- It's like $170 on Discogs, so if you want to subscribe to our Patreon- (laughs) So we can buy the the bootleg vinyl of Jesus H.
0: Christ. <laughs> so I'm I'm I'd be interested to find out what the actual story of this getting released at all was. Yeah, because like it, it has made its way into into the uh, I don't know what the word is the the population. Um, yeah. Somehow it was not like a canceled album. It's not like it's an album that they had planned. It is like a fully fleshed out album mm-hmm. that they wrote recorded and then brought to someone who went, well, you guys are fucking stupid. Why'd you do this? Like, right. We can't <laughs> release this. <laughs> so we we will be taking a look at, uh, at these songs. Uh, some of them do appear in different versions on Shush. Some of them are never heard before tracks. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's yeah. it was a weird, it's a weird album.
1: <laughs> it is really weird. I wonder if the vinyl is like, maybe they had a test print done before, um before they, had to can the whole thing like before it reached wider distribution because like there are a couple copy well there's only one copy of it for sale on Discogs but there's like a couple people on Discogs who are claiming that they own a copy of this so I wonder if there was like a small test press that was done before they shelved the album and that's I don't know. why like that's why it exists and th- that would probably be the source of it getting onto the internet but yeah I really like imagining the meeting that they had with their record label Like, when the record label realized, wait, we can't release this without getting sued. (laughs) Um, Honestly, like, I just think, like, imagine putting all of this work into an album, right? Like, and it's what, like, 12 tracks, 11 tracks, and then getting told... Sorry, we can't release this. Go do another one. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they had the internet back then to be like, "Okay, fuck you. We're just going to put it on SoundCloud." Yeah.
0: And- which is what I what I was like wondering before is I don't know how it made it from this unreleased master to
1: Yeah.
0: Um so based on a little bit of research that I did, it does look like it got like a bootleg release through an album called Tragic Flop. Yeah. A tragic is spelled T-R-A-J-I-C, and it does look like there's a few different um, like copies of this out there, but it looks like that was just like a fake record name that was used <laughs> specifically for this vinyl. So yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was like a release that they did themselves with the masters. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think your theory of them doing like a limited run. Is right because it would be put up as like a like a test print or something instead that's of like true. a bootleg release that's true um and i don't think it would have like the full album art. also usually like pressings and like test pressings like that aren't done until like you're really ready to go it would most likely be like shown to like uh studio execs on like a reel to reel
1: yeah before
0: they burn the the vinyl copy because that's where a lot of the the cost of creating a vinyl comes from is creating like that initial test press.
1: Right. Yeah, it's interesting to think about um yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a mystery. I'd love to see maybe there was like maybe there was like an Edward Snowden of anarchy like uh, <laughs> of of the of the UK. Um, anarchist punk scene Who was like I'm gonna hack into the servers Or whatever <laughs> Or maybe right. someone just like stole the masters Or maybe even like the record label Released the masters like quietly To people who wanted it And then people made bootlegs And it just went from there Who knows But this um, On the Discogs page I'm looking at The album is listed under the record label uh, it, In addition to Tragic Flop It says everyone's stealing from someone because that's, um, I'm looking at an image of the back of the record sleeve, it goes, everyone's stealing from someone tragic flop 001. So the first release from this tragic flop label. And uh, like you said, Teddy, I couldn't really find anything about this record label. So I wonder if it was just like a front that someone made to, like, release this
0: bootleg. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That someone was like, "Well, I'm gonna fucking press this, and I need to come up with a record label name." Yeah,
1: (laughs) I do also. I do really like that. um, In addition to listing all of the samples on the back of the sleeve, there's a quote um, that reads, "Individual possession is the great entering wedge, which has split society into 800 million fragments. It virtually." practically and theoretically denies the brotherhood of man. And that's from a philosopher named Hiram Stafford in the year 1844. Hell yeah. Very Chumbawamba to include an obscure quote like that on the back of the (laughs) record sleeve. So I wonder if the band themselves had something to do with this bootleg getting released.
0: Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the easiest way to find this out would be for us to bother one of the members of Chumbawamba. So yeah, I'll I'll put this in the the vault of questions to eventually harass them with one day. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What's what's the set limitations for illegally releasing a record? Uh,
1: I think I think they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can censor their voice and say anonymous Chumbawamba member.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's too many of them for them to track it down.
1: <laughs> I really think that um, I really think that we have a shot of asking these questions of some Chumbawamba members. There are at least two of them who follow our podcast's Twitter account, and yeah. Danbert follows me on Instagram. So you know. <laughs> You never know. N- n- not to, not to brag or anything. Not to be, not to, flex. Not, to be a, not to be a star fucker over here. But we have <laughs> access.
0: <so. laughs> yeah. I think we should hit up Danbert. We, can, I'll edit this part out. But now that that show is officially not happening, I think we should bug Danbert and be like, "Hey, we were gonna bug you IRL, but." Yeah. Now oh is that show it. not happening anymore was it officially canceled it's officially canceled i mean it's how ha- it was supposed to happen like a month from now and,
1: yeah i know but we have America. that fucking emo night gig that we're booked for that still hasn't been canceled that's so. true i did, <laughs> i had a dream
0: that elio was promoting that gig <laughs> like i like woke up and on facebook elio was posting like the uh god what, what it was like like the return of gombo and like posting like hey guys can't yeah. wait to see everyone i was like i'm not going to that like fuck yeah, you
1: absolutely not no imagine (laughs) playing a fucking show right now
0: (laughs) i would rather kill myself
1: actually i would
0: love to play a show right now but playing a show right now in its current state absolutely not
1: yeah, I already have enough anxiety and like self loathing and hatred for everyone around me when I'm when I'm like at a show under the best of circumstances. So I can't imagine how bad it would be if I uh <laughs> if if I was in a basement in fucking like New Brunswick or whatever, like in the middle of a fucking pandemic. <laughs> Oy vey. I am not gonna fucking I'm going to edit this part out, but I just fucking hate everything about uh, people who are still being like yeah come play shows and i was like shut the fuck up
0: (laughs) i'm not gonna edit that out i'm gonna amplify that
1: (laughs) i I was expecting i i felt i felt the impulse to name drop there like name drop in my shit talk that's why i was like edit this out but now since i didn't actually name names you don't have to i'm gonna
0: i'm gonna edit names in
1: (laughs) it's okay no one that i would talk shit about listens to our podcast anyway so who gives a shit (laughs) True. huh anyway anyway um (laughs) let's talk about let's talk about the album jesus h christ by yeah
0: Yeah. so for the most part the the lyrics on this album are the same or similar to the ones Mm -hmm. on shush uh the the two main examples are uh the or the three main examples are the ones that are not on the album yeah um the the main one that doesn't appear on the album in any way is all right now. Yeah. Which is honestly one of my favorite <laughs> tracks on here cuz it's so fucking wild. It's so funny that they just like like uh, we were we were messaging
1: before we started recording and I said um I love all right now. It's so cool and you were like me too, but it is just straight up stolen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like that guitar riff the bam <laughs> bam that's just the fucking song by Free and it's so funny. Yeah. Um
0: like I love Chumbawamba and I, I get that this was probably like a concept album about <laughs> plagiary plagiarism that they didn't want to get made. And wanted to, like, self-release because there's no way in hell back in the fucking 90s when, like, lawsuits about this shit were, like, at their peak that they, like, like sat down and, like, honestly, like, wholeheartedly thought, like, yeah, we'll get away with this. Like, there's yeah. no way. Like, yeah. like, like when you first hear about it, you're like, all right. Like, they, they used a few samples. They, they stole a few hooks. Like, this is straight up, like, a Girl Talk mashup. Like
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, like, in the age before Girl Talk, like, yeah. digital mashups were a thing. So, like, like it's... <laughs> I don't know. It's just so funny how, like, that is just straight up the guitar riff from All Right Now. They sing the exact chorus and melody of um, the Casey and the Sunshine Band song. Uh, What was it? Uh, That's the Way I Like It. Yeah. Um, I do really like the long interlude in All Right Now uh, with the sample from The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. It's very unsettling and weird. Um, That's not really a lyrical comment, but... uh, the lyrics of the song are kind of incomprehensible. They seem to be about people doing things like taking Valium and fighting cops. And that's about as deep as I could really read into what the lyrical content of that song is.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there are lyrics posted on each of the YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, someone did go in and type them out. But it's really not anything like mind blowing. As you said, there, there's a line about uh, being on Valium. And yeah. uh, like, like getting into fights, um, the the mix of the song is also super fucking weird. It is. I yes. don't know if it's because what we're listening to on YouTube is most likely like a vinyl rip. Yeah. Of like this album, um, but it is it is a little difficult to to make anything out on. Some some songs shine a little brighter than others, but especially on this one, it does get a little muddled.
1: Yeah, I. Well, it, it almost feels like it almost feels like any of the listening to the entire album front to back today. I was like this just feels like a lot of these songs are in their early stages of being written or in their early stages of being mixed, you know. I wonder how how deep into the process of making this album were they when they had to pull the plug. Um Yeah. This
0: really reminds me of like a DJ set. Yeah. Like the way that They're incorporating samples with some of their own lyrics. Mm -hmm. It really, I mean, I will never stop talking about it, but like the uh, not necessarily 100 Gex, but like a bunch of the performances in Square Garden were like mashups of like existing songs with artists like current tracks and then unreleased tracks and things like that. And it kind of flows the same way that this album does, where a lot of these songs kind of like flow into each other. Um, a lot more than like on like a rigid album where it's like, all right, the song ends here. Now here's where it picks up. There's a, a little bit more flexibility between those. And I thought it was really interesting. Like it really doesn't sound like an album. It sounds like, like a mashup, like it, like something, as I said, like similar to like a, a DJ set or like a girl talk or something like that. But yeah. it predates, I mean, it doesn't predate DJ sets, but it predates like the concept of like, like the mashup DJ set.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, it's it's something in terms of its its overall structure. Um the other song that does not feature at all on Shush that I really wanted to point out was the the song Don't Fence Me In, which is an old American Western song, like a country western song from the thirties about like the beauty of Western territory in the US or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was originally written by Cole Porter and Robert yeah. Fletcher. Yeah. And then was popularized by Roy Rogers and then a Gene Autry. Yeah. Both there were also very popular versions.
1: There were also popular versions by Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra. My favorite <laughs> on that Wikipedia entry about um like popular Uh, versions of the song is that chumbawumba did get a shout out (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah yeah they were listed they're listed on that wikipedia page and this uh this version of the song was performed by dan burt on vocals it is unfortunate that it did not make the cut onto the final album especially since like i feel like the song might have been old enough by that point to have been in public domain i'm Uh, not sure but i think
0: public domain is like 70 years oh
1: yeah you're right so it would have been just shy of public domain yeah
0: i really like uh, i'm just looking i I didn't know there was a wikipedia page about it i found all that out through through youtube and shit um but but the the bing crosby version uh, was recorded without ever having them hear or see the song (laughs) that's fucking cool good job Bing Crosby. yeah um
1: what was the third what was the third track that you wanted to point out
0: um, it doesn't really have lyrics, so it's not super oh, the worth mentioning. Intro, yeah. Uh, well, there's the intro, and then there's uh, street music or, or oh, street. Oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. which does end up becoming like the part of the end of "Snip Snip Snip," but is referred to as its own track on here. Yeah. Where it literally is just like noise and like instrumentation.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: It, once again, it's very weird how they chose to like label and divide these songs i know Mm -hmm. it's not like a fully finished record but i mean it got some sort of release like (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it's just funny thinking about what could have been if they had been able to finish this record (laughs) um because there are a lot of really wild ideas here but you know and maybe this is getting a little bit more into the music than the lyrics but i just feel like almost without exception the songs ended up being better after they got refined into the shush um the shush versions there are a couple that i think uh might be a little bit better but
0: i don't know <laughs> yeah and as as you were pointing out before i don't know if that's necessarily because like taking out the samples made them better or if we're listening to like almost like a demo version of the album
1: and that if they were
0: allowed to proceed with this i don't think we would have gotten the version of jesus h christ that exists now i think we would have gotten a more polished probably even weirder version of jesus h christ yeah that's true by by some miracle they were able to get every single one of these copyright
1: i was thinking that in general, like, this feels a lot more like the same unhinged energy that Slap had. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, like, you know, we talked a little bit about how Shush was a bit more of a step towards, like, um, later Chumbawamba albums with, like, dance elements and uh, a bit more clean songwriting that isn't as crazy and all over the place, but... Jesus H Christ was carrying that slap energy pretty hard <laughs> and I do wonder like if they had been able to like I wonder if not being able to release the chaotic sample heavy version had anything to do with that um with that direction they took if it was a conscious decision or if it was just kind of something that happened I don't know it's it's weird to think about because like this album is sort of where they start to turn the, like, round the curve towards the band that they were when they got famous. Yeah. And it's just interesting to think, like, if this album had continued the same, like, slap energy, um, if they would have made it to, like, the more poppy. Like, it's not that they weren't poppy before this, but, like... I don't know. Y- you get what I mean? Like, there, this was a Turning Point album, so if the Turning Point had been different, if it had been the more, like, chaotic version that we listened to today for this episode, like, how would that have affected the band's future? I guess is what I'm wondering.
0: Yeah. And I mean, as, as I said before, we also have to wonder if it would have been put out in this chaotic form, or if they would have further right. refined it. Because I, I do think that, like, for all the energy that Slap had, it, it was more refined than like never mind the ballots like that's true they they were still trending towards like a a more cohesive almost like poppier and i mean eventual like radio friendly sound yeah um i don't think that it's as much of like a turning point i know shush is regarded as one of their like best albums like critically Mm -hmm. um like and that it was like like pretty much like the, the pioneer of the rest of their sound but i mean we've still got like a solid like three albums before they hit tub thumper yeah two albums plus a show business
1: right right um,
0: but like i i would argue that like anarchy is much more of like a defining album for the band or even I mean, Tub yeah. is probably, like, the defining album for the band. Like, I mean, <laughs> if, I if mean, you have...
1: In a certain sense, you can't yes. even argue like, with you, that. You, yeah. Like, if you
0: ask anyone who Wumba is, they're going to go, oh, Tub Thumper. Yeah. But, or um, the
1: I Get Knocked Down song. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, as far as, like, like, something that tells a better tale of, like, the opening period of like chumbawamba like of that this phase of chumbawamba i yeah. think anarchy like as we were discussing before you had said that there were like three main phases of chumbawamba and i had argue that there were four that they they start off with the earlier punk and then i think that like slap and shush belong in their own category and then you mm-hmm. kind of has like the anarchy through like what you see is what you get before they go like full folk
1: Mhm. yeah well, they don't go full folk until um, a little bit after. There's also the album Un, the one with the big red X on it, which is still full band, and I yeah. think that's the last full band album. But it does kind of feel like, because we're starting Anarchy in two weeks, um, it feels like we're starting to get to like mid-career Chumbawumba. Because I I, w- I would argue that like with the timing... Or wait, are we doing... No, we do Anarchy next and then Swingin' with Raymond. Yeah. And then Tub Thumper. Correct. It starts to feel like Anarchy is like the beginning of like their mid-career point that leads them to Tub Thumper. Yeah. And uh, it's just interesting to think about like this being kind of the last album they put out or not, I guess not Jesus H. Christ. I guess I'm talking more about Shush right now, but it's interesting to think about that being the last album they put out before uh, really honing in on their sound I think Anarchy was the album that really started to introduce them to a wider audience in the UK if not like you know not necessarily throughout the whole world but like you know Anarchy is the album where we start seeing things like Chumbawamba music videos and uh it's one of the earliest albums besides the very first album it's it's one of the earliest albums that you can easily find on multiple streaming <laughs> platforms on YouTube on you know and there's actual like records of uh what they did surrounding that album so yeah,
0: uh, yeah. anarchy anarchy was their first top 40 album yeah in the, in the UK so that doesn't yeah. really mean too much but <laughs> <laughs> there's like what like like fucking like 200 people live in the UK it's not that Yeah right
1: Sorry, I just got in my head the phrase "anarchy" in the UK, yeah, <laughs> and how I fucking hate that song. Oh, man, but you, thinking you... about it in terms of the album "Anarchy's" performance in the UK is very funny to me.
0: <laughs> you don't love uh, Sex whistles? come on? No,
1: they fucking suck. We've talked. We've definitely <laughs> talked about this on the, the show they're
0: before. The, they're the best punk band that ever lived. I need you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> dude i got i love i love punk music i got sex pistols you know green day uh you ever hear this band called black flag
1: are they anything like anti-flag yeah
0: i would argue that anti-flag is a realer punk band than like 95 percent of the bands out there yeah i fuck heavy with anti-flag yeah mostly no, anti-flag because like it's good anti-flag got like mildly famous and instead of like like I don't know. They like they they definitely sold out to some definition of how deep you could sell out in like 2007 or whatever. But then yeah. they spent all their money on like food not bombs initiatives and like shit like that. Like mm-hmm. if you if you look up like what Anti Flag does, it's like they give back to their community like immensely. They like run all these charities. They do all this shit. Where yeah. it's like just because they're like a little cheesy doesn't negate like the good things that they've done. That's and true. Whereas like a lot of like current like quote-unquote punk music like everything like fat mike is involved with is just like an excuse to be like 30 and drink pbr like, I, like
1: I, 40 if you're talking about fucking fat mike <laughs> well i mean
0: like the the fan base like the, the yeah. people our age who are like yeah i would love to go to whatever like beers and uh camping festival whatever fucking shit Mike fat mike <laughs> did punk rock bowling was that him yeah i think so where it's just like it's like this this isn't punk like you're just yeah. thirty and bored like yeah. and that's fine but like don't act like you're a revolutionary just because you never learned how to play more than three chords like <laughs> anti flag might be a little cheesy but like if I wasn't thirteen and had never heard of them being like like one trillion dollars can buy a lot of things like who knows where <laughs> I could have been yeah no, I, fucking, I feel that I am an anti flag truther yeah that's listen maybe we
1: need to do an episode of anti-flag for our be into podcast. into that
0: i fuck i fuck heavy with anti-flag i'd be into I, that yeah i think next well, we'll talk about it more at the end we'll talk yeah. about what, we're, what our upcoming plans are <laughs>
1: <laughs> um since we made such a since we've been making such like a big deal of the samples on jesus h christ um both in this episode and the you know, past few episodes on this album, just talking about how it's the reason the the album got canceled. I wanted to just real quick run down the list of every band or artist or artist or uh like in one case, a movie that they sample <laughs> or feature in some way on this album. And it's a pretty fun
0: list. Yeah. It's of all course, over the first, place. What? It's all over the place. It is all
1: over the place. And First off, uh, we've got the Beatles in that intro track and in the outro track with Sgt. Pepper and also later on. But you got the Beatles, you got Free, you got Casey in the Sunshine Band, you've got the movie The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner uh, as we talked about the American Country Western song Don't Fence Me In. There's ABBA as prominently featured in the song Money, Money, Money. <laughs> um, Cole Porter, T-Rex, George Gershwin, Wings, Fleetwood Mac, John Lennon, The Rolling Stones, The Buzzcocks, Led Zeppelin, Kylie Minogue, Marvin Gaye, and Mothers of Invention. It's my Um, list. I also think that the the horn line from the song Ring of Fire might have been in solid gold easy action. (laughs) It doesn't say that on Wikipedia and I'm not cultured enough to know if that was actually just a piece of Rhapsody in Blue. But um, I'm pretty sure I heard the of um, Ring of Fire somewhere in that song. So potentially uh, some Johnny Cash references in there as well. quite a fucking
0: list it really is it's like they impressively went out of their way to like sample and steal from like the widest variety of people imaginable yeah which yeah. does go to show that although they claim to hate most of these musicians they obviously have enough of an appreciation to steal from them
1: they at least have a they at least have a knowledge they yeah. have an extensive knowledge of pop music that's something <laughs> that i think this album really demonstrates that even though they hate the culture surrounding pop music, Chumbawamba is very knowledgeable about it and like understands. I mean, just listening to their music, even not like this album with all of its samples, just listening to an average Chumbawamba song, you can really hear that they understand how pop music works. Yeah, Chumbawamba's like
0: that, that 16 year old who's like too edgy to claim that he listens to uh, pop music. Yeah. You know, he's going home and fucking blasting that Carly Rae Jepsen album. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's just always interesting to think about that and like it's kind of like this entire album is kind of emblematic emblematic of just who this band is, right? Like they're 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 a pop band that hates pop music and writes some of like the biggest pop bangers you've ever heard <laughs> and but uses that as a vehicle to talk about like socialism and anarchy and things like dump water on um, on a politician's head at a big British music award show you know yeah <laughs> so it's it's quite a list it's a wide range of different artists they steal a lot from the Beatles and Beatles side projects which
0: I appreciate I think more um, people should steal from the Beatles yeah <laughs> not just yeah. musically I think physically <laughs> yeah
1: I agree. Yeah. Go out there and steal Ringo Starr's wallet. It's yeah. fine. Paul McCartney will be
0: okay. Paul McCartney's got too much fucking money.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just take some. He won't even know. Yeah, he won't know. Yeah. Steal a guitar. <laughs> and then play a stolen riff on it. Yeah. And then get sued by your record label about it.
1: Yeah. Steal one of Paul McCartney's basses. Um, write a song on which you play that bass. Um with the baseline of oh I don't know what's a famous line? another one bites the dust and also sample in like pieces of Imagine by John Lennon and call it art
0: yeah and there's a get, uh...
1: yeah you'll probably get accolades for it and also get sued it's,
0: it's great <laughs> there's a there's a story going around um, from I think it was one of the guitarists of Ween. Um, had been like working on like their new album or this this takes place like 10 years ago um, was like working on an album and like they were missing like a few different like guitar solos from it and they had a friend who worked in like uh, shipping And, like, let them know that they were in the process of shipping Carlos Santana's, like, guitar rig (laughs) to be used on, like, The Daily Show or something like that. So they, like, broke into this, like, warehouse where the guitar was being stored, recorded the guitar solo for the album, and then left. And so whatever Ween album I'm talking about, I'm 90% sure it's Ween. If you Google Ween Santana, it'll show up. um, Was played on like a stolen guitar from Santana that they then returned without anyone noticing.
1: That's fucking incredible. <laughs>
0: yeah. This is now our, our, ween podcast.
1: Yeah. I've never, That's okay. This album is kind of all over the place and makes varying cultural references to very, uh, wide things. So, you know, maybe the episode we're, we're imitating the album by talking all over the place yeah. in this episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um Um, are there any other songs that musically you want to dig a little deeper into yeah i i i just wanted to note the did
1: you pick up on the fucking guitar tone and big mouth is that a guitar it
0: sounds it's either sounds like percussion or like like a fucking dj scratch there's something
1: going on where like in the in the album in the shush version of that song there's like the guitar crunch but in this version there's like it might be a guitar crunch and also, like, some kind of strange, like, distorted DJ scratch. I don't know, but I just, like, yeah. was listening to this album while I was, like, you know, doing the dishes. And I was like, what the fuck was that noise? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I thought it was something else playing on my computer. I was yeah. like, what the fuck did I open by accident?
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's the only other note I had. So if you want to move along to, uh, to, to our litigation segment Um, of the show
0: (laughs) before we do that i do just want to point out that uh on uh solid gold easy action um like the the version that appears on shush i think is better than the one on or sorry the version that appears on uh jesus h christ is better than the one on shush like yeah i i I think it it does better with like the weird samples than it does as like a fully orchestrated thing also i i fucking hate the wah pedal on uh <laughs> every
1: time every i forget which song that's on but i i oh, was on money money to money yeah i was listening to it and the wah pedal came on and i was like oh teddy's gonna have something to say about that yeah. <laughs> every time i've been listening to music like for the past like couple months ever since we discovered how much you hate wah pedals if i've ever happened to hear a wah pedal which admittedly most of the music i listen to does not prominently feature wah pedals uh-huh sure um but but anytime I have heard a wah pedal, I've been like, oh, Teddy would hate this.
0: <laughs> the uh, All Right Now, which we mentioned does not appear on Shush, is also just like an all-around sick track. Yeah, like, The, I think the music is, is straight up ripped from multiple different sources that we mentioned before. But I think it's probably like, just looking at this album, not looking at Shush, I think that might be like the strongest track on here.
1: I, I would agree with that. I think it's a very like, I think it's a very cohesive song and probably the one that feels the most finished yeah. out of all of the tracks on this album. I kind of get why they didn't include it in Shush because I don't really imagine a way they could have reworked that song because it relies so heavily on a stolen riff.
0: Yeah, it's literally um, like just like another song. But I mean, they do piece it together. It, it while it does yeah. maintain like the characteristics of like the original song, it is definitely not like a cover or the original absolutely,
1: bomb. yeah yeah all right are you ready to take it down to the courthouse yeah let's let's take her on down baby let's take it on down to Chumbalumba versus the people bing 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 doop doop blop blop boop, boop. <laughs> i tried to burp uh, and couldn't sorry oh uh, that's okay you just sample in the burp you had before. Oh, I like that. I yeah. probably won't remember to do that. <laughs> but auto-tune it and and make it make it into a bass drop.
0: <laughs> I'll just put in a bass drop instead. Right here.
1: Alright, there we go. <laughs> Alright, so I want to start off Chumbawamba versus the people this week. Uh, we've got three videos to look at. Um because the album is uploaded to YouTube in three parts. I'm looking at part one right now. And, uh, this goes along with what we were just saying about the song. All right. Now, um, from secret time warp seven years ago, I didn't listen to shush much again after I got my hands on this. This is the true masterpiece album, except all right. Now I can see why they cut that. Not a great opener. (laughs) Fucking secret time warp. Yeah. Fuck off. Secret time warp. It's a
0: fucking masterpiece. (laughs) Um, so I do just want to point out. So um, there's someone who commented here nine years ago, from yeah. Mick Lee, who said, "Big thanks, mate. Thought I had most of chamber one was gear. Obviously not." And there's there's a few responses to it, one of which is from Mystica5551212-subs, who says, At one point in my life, I ran an FTP server that had the entire compendium that Chumba did up until that date, 2000 or so. It was quite popular. And at 100 kilobits per second, people would sit for days downloading albums on my four download slots. Uh, Those were the days. Oh, God. This version, however, is of better quality than the one I have. I wonder where you got yours, Phil Campu who is the person who uploaded all three of these videos for us, uh, said it was fast. I compared Snip, Snip, Snip with Money, Money, Money and found that it's actually within 0.02 or so speed of the actual DDD recording of Shush. That accuracy I didn't realize there. Still a tad bit of wow and flutter, but meh records. Whoa. Yeah. That's some super nerd shit right there.
1: Holy shit! Yeah,
0: we also have uh, another comment on that same thread from Oh yeah, Dnky666, who has uh, opened our eyes a little bit more, saying they sold it on vinyl on the Shush Tour. I saw them at a venue in Edinburgh, and my flatmate bought a copy. Okay. So, it,
1: so that right. that
0: that parts the veil a little bit. That that we now know that Chumbawamba was at least behind the distribution of this album yeah they're most likely behind the pressing of it
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's funny their record label was like sorry we can't release this and so they decided to just do it
0: (laughs) that that's back before you had like anyone that could rat you out because it's like what are they gonna do like tag you on facebook like facebook's not a thing like
1: how's your record label
0: gonna know that you're selling bootleg copies of your own album
1: yeah, honestly, that's that's big Chumbawamba energy right there. <laughs> like to 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 not release an entire album because their record label said no, but then, you know, sort of low key release it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I so the name Phil Campu, uh, the person who uploaded this for some reason sounded familiar to me. So I Googled them and it doesn't seem as though I do know this person or like anything that they've done. Uh, It looks like they're like an independent musician and stuff. And I found their Twitter um that they are from Montreal. They're a Brazilian jiu-jitsu and MMA enthusiast. And an yeah. unapologi- unapologetic chumbawamba fan fanatic. And uh I went ahead and gave Phil a follow from the Chumbology account. So let's see if uh let's see if they let's see <laughs> if they react to that because we need more unapologetic chumbawamba fanatics in our lives, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they they have like a very large amount of chumbawamba stuff uploaded on here. Yeah.
1: Listen, if I was the type of person who like uploaded things to YouTube, I'd probably do that, you know?
0: You could be that kind of person, be the change you want to see in the world.
1: Yeah, but the
0: other people have already done it. That's so true. That that void has been filled.
1: Maybe I'll maybe I'll just commit to doing like regular show AMVs to chumbawamba songs. <laughs> That'll be my niche. <laughs> Um, I I I like another comment here from Top Cliff eleven months ago. Man, so good to hear the original version of Stairway. Well, you know what I mean. One of the happiest <laughs> songs ever. Gonna be chanting Harry Roberts for the next week.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah! I, I've got a comment here from Chris Murray two years ago who says in all caps, "Way better than shh." <laughs> Sorry, way better than shh. Way better than shh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um let's see. It seems like a lot of
0: people are commenting that they used to own this on vinyl.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing that too. That's great. I'm glad that I'm glad that it ended up existing in the world because I I always thought like, you know, I remember hearing about this album when I was into Chumblewumble when I was like fifteen, when I started exploring like more of their discography beyond just the one CD I had. I remember like getting into like just reading about them and like learning about like their history. And seeing that they had an entire album that was canceled, I was just, was like, oh, that sucks. Like, I wonder if I could ever hear that. And stuff like that wasn't as easy to find online in, like, you know, 2005, 2006 as it is now. So... Yeah, I just appreciate getting to see like all these people who are like, yeah, I had this on vinyl and it's great to hear it again. Because it's like, yeah, for people like us who weren't like, you know, didn't live in the UK in the (laughs) early 90s, like and never had a chance to see Chumbawamba live. This is the only way that we've ever had access to this album. And I think it's great that, you know, it's been able to be preserved like this.
0: Yeah, hell yeah.
1: Um, I want to give a shout out uh, to the YouTube user Roy, Roy Benkel, uh, who is the person who transcribed all of the lyrics to every song on all three parts of this YouTube uh, trilogy. Name a better cinematic trilogy than the Jesus H. Christ trilogy <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, you can't. Um,
0: yeah. Um, I do just want to give a shout out to Pat Mo from one month ago who says greetings from Poland 2020.
1: <laughs> Hell, Hell yeah, yeah Fat
0: We out. We Great out name's here. Right back, buddy. Yeah, we out here in 2020, listening to Chumbawamba. Me not in Poland, but yeah. maybe one day.
1: It's Ace Dezu two months ago saying this album is pretty ahead of its time, and I agree with that. Like yeah. you know, Teddy, I think your I think your comparison to like DJ sets and like girl talk type of stuff was really spot on. Obviously, like it's it was like a completely different method that Chumbawamba went about. Like they stole. And reappropriated like various pieces of pop music that they more or less performed themselves. Like they sang all of the parts and they um, they played the guitar riffs and stuff. But it was just like you know, uh, you know there are some pieces that were definitely just ripped directly from the pre-recorded uh, music. But you know it's it's like a different method. But I feel like the spirit is the same. Just taking pre-existing stuff and like collaging it into something completely new.
0: Yeah. I mean, they they weren't like the first ones to do this. No. I mean, the, the BC boys kind of got big off of doing this. Like License yeah. to Ill is an album that could never be released today because it is essentially just like a mix of oh, yeah. other people's music. Yeah. Um, but like to, to see a rock band do it, I, I don't I mean, quote unquote, rock band do it, I think was a little unheard of at the time. Yeah, to so. to like be like stealing. I mean, not even stealing. To to be repurposing other people's riffs like that was yeah. was really creative. And uh, once again, Chumbawumba completely ahead of their time. Yeah, um, yeah. I do just want to point out that I looked up license sale to see exactly when their release year was, and it turns out that the original name for the album was supposed to be "Don't Be a Faggot." <laughs> Jesus. Awful name! Come on, BC boys. I'm
1: glad they didn't go with that.
0: <laughs> it's it's so funny that the BC boys are like kind of like lorded as this like PC like rap group. Like they're they kind of got woke towards the end, but like in their be getting, they were like the worst people imaginable.
1: Yeah, well, you know, like, using slurs against LGBTQ people in the early 90s was actually politically correct, so they are a piece.
0: (laughs) This was the 80s, so they were ahead of their time. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's good representation. The Beastie Boys were talking about gay issues all the way back in the 80s. That's what I'm interpreting from what you just told me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Teddy, do you have any final thoughts about Jesus H. Christ? any standout tracks any uh any other parting wisdom
0: yeah as i had mentioned before i think that all right now is probably like the standout track on this album at least that it does not reappear on shush yeah and um i am quite fond of the uh, the cover don't fence me in it's goofy but it's fun yeah um yeah overall i i think uh jesus h christ was solid um, as we have debated like multiple times throughout this episode, it doesn't sound one hundred percent finished. So I would love to live in a universe where it was able to come out and we would have gotten fully fleshed out versions of all these songs. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that Shush does a better job with a lot of the tracks that uh started out on on this album. So yeah. um, yeah. That's about it. How about you?
1: Yeah, I agree with that take. Um All Right Now is very good. It's a very good song. I really like that long, weird interlude in it where they're, like, mashing up the dialogue from that movie with the Casey and the Sunshine Band uh, melody. Yeah, it's It's fucking weird. (laughs) very weird and spooky. I love it. Um, A couple of other standout tracks for me was I really liked this version of Solid Gold Easy Action. I don't necessarily know if it was better or worse because it was pretty different. Yeah. but one song that I think did uh, have a better version on Jesus H Christ was um, so on Jesus H Christ it's called Silly Love Songs and on uh, Shush it's called Behave. I like both versions of the of that track a lot and I think maybe Silly Love Songs like edges edges behave out a little bit for me.
0: Um, it's weird to so compare because like, they're like they're very different.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like they have that same like the only thing that really binds them together is the fact that they both use that like delay guitar riff in them yeah other than that the vocals are completely different the structure of each song is a little different and that leads me really to like my ultimate conclusion about this album that you know as we're seeing in the youtube comments there's a lot of uh people saying jesus h christ is better than shush i don't necessarily know that i can really like compare them at the end of the day because they are very different and it's also not entirely fair to compare them because Shush is a finished album, whereas Jesus H. Christ definitely feels like it wasn't. Like, even if all of the songwriting was finished, like, it definitely wasn't finished being mixed, it definitely wasn't finished being mastered. Um, so it's kind of hard to compare them. I all I, I, Ultimately, I really enjoy both of them as their own separate things, and also looking at Jesus H. Christ as, like, the predecessor to what Shush became.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, it's not exactly a demo of an album. Yeah. But it's like looking at like the blueprint for what came like later. Like they're they're, they're two similar, but but different things.
1: Yeah. Why, if you had to guess, why do you think Chumbawamba decided to try to get this album released? Why do you think they decided to write an album that relied so heavily on samples and reappropriated melodies and guitar riffs?
0: Honestly, I think it's so they could fucking complain about it. <laughs> I, I I think it was like like a big inside joke to them where they were like, "What if we write an album where we steal all the music, and then people get mad at us for doing that, and then we yeah. get to complain about copyright law?" <laughs> because like as I said, like like if you listen to like like Jesus Age Christ, like there's no fucking way that this would have been released. Yeah, like at least not without like them paying out the fucking ass, which they definitely wouldn't have been able to do. Cause at right. this point they were still a relatively small band. Like this was yeah. before they had any sort of notoriety. It'd be like, if me and you went to like, like a fucking like DIY label and we're like, Hey, can you get all these like copyright samples approved? Like, right. like who the fuck is going to do that? Right. So, I I think it was kind of, like, a a fuck you to, like, the music industry, Mm -hmm. but it it was, like, a planned fuck you that they knew that this wasn't going to get released.
1: Yeah, part part of me wonders if they were, like, trying to see how far they could go with it, like, to see how much they could get away with. Yeah. And, uh yeah it's just funny to think about this will definitely be if we end up getting to interview any of the members of chumbawamba this is definitely going to be an album i have questions about
0: (laughs) yeah like i i don't think it was like necessarily like a push like you said like to see how far they could get away with because they if they did that they probably would have just released jesus h christ as shush like if it was like a, oh well we can't do this we'll do this oh we can't do this we'll do this like they purposely made this and preserved this as something mm-hmm. like like the the release of Jesus a Christ as a separate entity from Shush was purposeful
1: yeah
0: like it wasn't like oh this album had to be redone and we did we ended up making it this it's it's regarded as two separate albums yeah so i I think that creating Jesus H Christ was like a purposeful fuck you mm-hmm. and that shush was kind of like the compromise to put something out, most likely that a label was like you owe us an album you have to put something out that isn't ninety percent copyrighted material yeah. <laughs> like
1: and I guess it, I guess it worked out in the end because they yeah. ended up with a pretty good album. Yeah. The, they, honestly, they ended up with two pretty good albums at yeah. the end of it. So yeah.
0: we'll, we'll we'll talk our, our opinions on Shush next week. But I mean, it's it's one of like the the first Chumbawamba albums that was regarded like well, yeah. Like I mean, yeah. there, there other ones had fans, but it was like it, kind of the jump from them being like a. Yeah. A wacky punk band to like oh shit people are paying attention and yeah. i think part of that might be due to like the drama that they fucking kicked up with jesus h christ That's like, possible, I mean yeah they're they're not dumb people they they know yeah. how to fucking market themselves yeah like even if they claim that they're doing it as like an anti-marketing strategy it still fucking works like
1: <laughs> all right so if you had to rate jesus h christ what would you give it
0: I'm gonna give it a Mystica five 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 one two one two out of one hundred twenty eight kilobytes per second. <laughs> In honor of our friend's FTP server, which made me All feel right. very old thinking about FTP servers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Dan? Uh, let's let's see. What would I give it? Um, I'm gonna give it a three thousand two hundred twelve out of four thousand one hundred fifty six, which is the number of views on uh, Jesus H. Christ Part 3 out of the number of views on Jesus H. Christ Part 2.
0: That's not bad. It's not bad. It's a good album. decent amount of people made it to the end. Yeah,
1: yeah. It is funny seeing um, the first part has almost 8,000 views. Second part has just over 4,000. Third part has just over 3,000. So they lost a a couple people along the way. But uh, you know the the, the diehard Chumba Chumba holics made it yeah. all the way to the end.
0: To be fair, like if you had already listened to Shosh, listen to part one is the most bang for your buck of new material because it has sure. all right now and don't fence me in on it. So yeah. that that's my my argument for argument's sake. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
1: All right, well, folks, thank you so much for listening to Chumbology, a Chumbawamba anthology podcast. Uh, We really appreciate you taking some time to listen to our bullshit week after week, especially this episode, which is about an album. You know, honestly, especially the past, like, 20 episodes, which are about (laughs) albums and songs that are primarily only available on fucking YouTube. So thank you for sticking with us. We're finally, finally approaching the point where we can easily listen to... um, pretty much every other album in chumbawamba's career going forward on streaming services so
0: (laughs) that's until we loop back around and we start doing all the demos and the the secret releases 100 songs about (laughs) sports um
1: the music you heard in this episode were songs from jesus h christ by chumbawamba I don't even feel like we need to do the usual bit about not having the rights, because fucking neither did they. Yeah, <laughs> so... no one
0: owns the rights to this, except whoever originally wrote these songs. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> so fucking come at me, Mick Jagger. Come at me, Paul McCartney.
0: Yeah. If
1: you're really that fucking mad about it.
0: <laughs> um, as we mentioned before, we will be doing a proper wrap-up of Shush next week. This album was a little weird to do, because there were kind of two versions of it. So this week you get... Uh, jesus christ next week you get shush but if you want to send us anything for us to read on the show if you want have any comments concerns uh fights you want to get into on twitter uh you can email those to us at chumbologypod at com or find us on twitter at chumbology rocks
1: hell yeah we've also got a patreon patreon.com slash chumbology we have been doing uh, bi-weekly bonus episodes where we do the chumbology treatment to various artists. Uh, most recently, we did an episode about LMFAO, as suggested oh. by one of our patrons. <laughs> it was it was a doozy. It was a fun one. Oh. Teddy fucking hated it. I was crazy. It was great. Teddy was really mad in that episode. So if you want to really go back and listen to a salty Teddy... Uh, and you if, can... you,
0: if you want to listen to an upcoming salty Teddy, I believe the next two episodes we're doing are daily has Gone Wrong. I don't remember the album name, but uh, that was suggested by Elio. And then we are going to watch Hamilton, and I am going to fucking kill myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so so if you want to get in on that, um, we have Patreon tiers starting at only two bucks a month. Uh, We're trying to reach two goals. One is, uh, what is it, $60. If we get $60 a month, we're going to pick one month in in the next few months where we do an episode a day uh on the patreon of 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 all users all users
0: suggested albums
1: yeah and it's gonna suck and i'm gonna hate it but (laughs) (laughs) uh no uh it might be fun and then we haven't actually made this one public on patreon yet but if we reach what was it uh we haven't decided the amount yet but we're, we're looking to reach a certain amount per month to make a chumbawamba video game
0: yeah where
1: we reskin the original Super Smash Brothers. Well, there, into, I, uh... I feel
0: like the reskin is different. I'll put out the reskin for free. That's not going to take okay. me very long. But me and you will sit down. I'll relearn Game Maker, and we can uh, we, <laughs> we can, can collaborate we on can... making this shit yeah, happen. Yeah, give, all right. Give Chumbawamba the the proper video game they deserve. <laughs> Jesus H Christ, the game because we don't own any of the copyrights. Yeah. Oh man.
1: Yeah. Do you think so we we you get know, sued we... if
0: we made a Chumbawamba game.
1: I don't think so. I don't feel like Chumble the the band members of Chumbawamba are, like, the litigious type. I don't think uh, so
0: either, but, like, does someone own the name Chumbawamba? Does Warner Brothers own the rights to no, definitely the concept not. of Chumbawamba?
1: Definitely not. They okay. used the name Chumbawamba long after they left EMI. That's so. fair.
0: I don't know how copyright law works, if we're being That's honest. That's okay. I don't, pay, and if we... I don't pay any attention to it.
1: <laughs> well, and here's the beautiful thing. If we, if we did get in any trouble, we could just call the game a parody, and That's we'd be true. clear. So, anyway... <laughs> We'll be we'll be brainstorming more about more about that, um, possibly on the podcast itself, like oh, we've wait. been doing just now. Yeah. Uh, and posting updates about it on Patreon. Hell um yeah. As usual the past couple of weeks, uh there are a lot of very great organizations fighting for um black lives and anti police organizations and um just so many different wonderful organizations and people on the ground and bail funds and I could go on and on that you could support with your money instead of us. So if you're interested in hearing the um, if you're interested in hearing any of the bonus episodes, uh, email us a receipt of your donation to one of those organizations and we will send them over to you. Uh, And yeah, yeah, uh, if you're out there protesting, uh, demonstrating, you know, supporting protesters, if you're out there on the streets, thank you for what you're doing and keep it up.
0: Yeah, we, we didn't do a fully fleshed out leftism of the week this week because we usually don't on our wrap-up shows. But um, we will be including the link specifically to the bail fund for uh, protesters who were arrested uh, protesting the pipeline installations throughout the country yes. and the uh, Mount Rushmore. Um, I believe it was one and the same, but, but a bunch of people were arrested. So there is a bail fund up for there. I know a lot of bail funds have kind of hit their uh, – not peak because i mean you can always give money to get people out of jail but a lot of them have been flush with cash but this is something new that could could use some donations if you got uh any extra bucks you can spare
1: yeah so uh as as we mentioned uh go and support those organizations if you're interested in listening to our bonus content we'll be happy to send it over to you uh if you make a donation and uh for anyone who's out in the streets stay safe Except for cops. Don't stay safe if you're a cop.